This is Innovative States, Ohio, Israel, and the Impact of Exchange, a podcast presentation of the Ohio-Israel Agriculture and Clean Tech Initiative, a project of the Negev Foundation. Stay tuned to learn about businesses, farmers, food producers, and researchers in Ohio and Israel who have joined together in the common pursuit of improving and modernizing the worlds of agriculture, clean tech, and food production, and discover what innovative opportunities the Ohio-Israel Agriculture and Clean Tech Initiative can offer you. Here's your host for Innovative States, Sean Fink. Welcome to the premiere edition of Innovative States, Ohio, Israel, and the Impact of Change. I'm Sean Fink, and in this episode, I'll introduce you to the work of the Ohio-Israel Agriculture and Clean Tech Initiative through four individuals who have supported, worked with, and benefited from OIACI's ongoing efforts to create working partnerships between institutions, individuals, and companies in the state of Ohio and the country of Israel in the areas of agriculture, water and clean tech, and food production. We'll hear about the unique relationship these two seemingly different yet strikingly similar geographic locations share, and you'll learn about the research and development taking place right now that can lead to better practices, increased productivity, and more environmentally friendly solutions for you, your farm, or your business in the near future. We'll also take a look at some headline-making agriculture, water, and food products and solutions being developed in Israel in our News You Can Use segment. Water. We'll get things underway by meeting the chairman of the Ohio-Israel Agriculture and Cleantech Initiatives Advisory Committee, Carl Gebhardt. He's the retired Deputy Director of Water Resources and Lake Erie Programs for the Ohio EPA. Carl, welcome to Innovative States. It's a pleasure to have you here. I think uh, it's sufficient to say that you are not just the uh, chairman of the advisory board, but probably our resident expert on water and water resources. Yeah, I've uh, been fortunate enough, Sean, over the years to uh, have spent a lot of bit of a lot of time um, and a great part of my career involved in natural resources and most recently in the water resource area. With water as valuable resource as it is in the Middle East and uh, Israel, of course, particularly, it can serve as a tipping point even more so than than oil has been. Uh, Have Israeli concerns about water-driven technological innovation that you see as uh, something valuable in a partnership back here in Ohio? I've been fortunate to have uh, visited Israel on two occasions, and it is very, uh, very interesting, the attitudes and and the appreciation for the water over there. Now, they are are doing quite uh, amazing, to be perfectly honest, uh, through some desalination programs and water plants that they have and so with larger cities. But uh, I think they have a real appreciation for the water and water resources. And that's why we have really looked to Israel for some of the conservation practices that they have implemented over there, especially in the uh, irrigation sector. The deserts over there are actually being very productive. Uh, You get down in the Negev part of Israel and they are utilizing the water resources down there to to raise tomatoes and olive trees and a a variety of other produce. Carl, if you can think back for a minute to that first mission, uh, when was it and uh, were you apprehensive or did it meet or exceed your expectations? First of all, 12-hour air, air 
uh, airplane ride or jet ride across the, you know, the ocean uh, was apprehensive enough. I'm not big on flying, but it was uh, very, very interesting. And we flew El Al Air, which is one of the, the most secure airlines, I think, in the world. But um, once we got over there, I, you know, I really didn't know what to expect. I, I had this image of, of Israel from books and from things that I've, I've seen and observed. It is dry, but uh, and, and arid. But it's also very beautiful. I mean, I, I specifically remember the Golan Heights area and, uh, you know, that part of, of Israel and the contrast that to the Negev. But yet I was very impressed with what was going on down in the Negev desert region with some of the greenhouse technologies and what they were doing down there. Again, I think the attitude of the people, you know, when you look at the political and threats, I guess, that Israel has to face on a daily basis. It's just, we can't comprehend that in the United States, that uh, everyday life is going on. And I mean, that's that's the reality of what's uh, going on over there. Uh, but yet people are, are living day-to-day lives and, and are being very productive and raising families. And it, it, I was very impressed with that aspect of uh, of the Israeli people. What's your advice to a potential business partner in Ohio who might be apprehensive about the security and political uh, concerns that revolve around Israel? I would definitely encourage them to consider moving forward with that if they see it as an opportunity. The Israeli uh, government, the Israeli people, the Israeli businesses over there, they have adjusted to that. They haven't let that environment shut things down. The security is, is very very good. I felt very secure there, uh, walking, you know, the streets, uh, you know, whether it was in Tel Aviv, uh, going through Jerusalem, where you knew that there were tensions in the area, but I, I felt secure. But from a business standpoint, I would definitely encourage people not to be put off by those types of situations. Business still continues. There are people who want to do business and they're being very successful at it. So you must see a number of opportunities in wait for potential partners, both here in Ohio and in Israel. I think the clean water technology is definitely something that we need to look at. We have a lot of small towns in Ohio, crossroad towns, and maybe there's 100 houses uh, in this small area. All of them are on a septic system. Those septic systems are 50 to 100 years old and are probably failing. So now we need to figure out, okay, what can we do to help that small community address a potential health issue and a water quality issue because of failed septic systems? I think there are some technologies that have been developed in Israel that uh, are very, very adaptable to that kind of uh, situation in Ohio. So we need to be looking at that. Even though Israel is about a quarter of the size of Ohio, I believe, um, and you know, population, uh, we have 11 million people here in Ohio. I think there are situations in Israel with those small communities that would be very applicable to some of our small communities over here, uh, especially on the water, uh, water quality standpoint, whether it's treating wastewater or uh, treating drinking water, there is uh, those opportunities. I think on the agricultural side, you know, that's going to continue. I think there's probably going to be more opportunities in the greenhouse industry because I think some of the other agricultural comparisons are are really somewhat far apart. As as I said, you know, when you're farming a couple thousand acres over here in Ohio versus a hundred acres or even smaller over in Israel, it's hard to make that transition. But there are some things that uh, that we could be looking at. There's a treatment that they're actually using a microbe uh, 
to help with soybean production. And that's being used here in Ohio uh, on an experimental basis. And farmers farmers are using it, but it was developed in Israel. As I said, the cattle genetics, I think that's always something that's going to be important to keep looking at. I wonder if we can end on a personal note, Carl. Why would you, a man who's not Jewish and had never been to Israel before, who worked for the Ohio EPA, get involved with OIACI in the first place and then become its chairman? Yeah, I think it was just the... Sam Honing's uh, amazing ability as a salesperson. You know, Sam Honing, who is uh, executive director of the Negev Foundation, has been a, uh, a longtime friend. I mean, he was a former client of mine when I had my uh, lobbying and consulting business, and uh, we just developed into a, a very strong friendship. Uh, you know, I I saw some opportunities. You kind of have to look down the road and kind of look through the smoke and uh, see, you know, where some potentials could be. I've always been someone interested in in innovation, new ideas, problem solving. We have very smart people here in Ohio and here in the United States. We have some fantastic universities, but when you sit down and you listen to what's going on, it's a Hebrew university uh, in Israel. It's just amazing. And so being able to, uh, as, as Sam Honing oftentimes talks, about being the matchmaker, you know, fiddle around the roof concept, you know, you want to be that matchmaker and bring people together and and see what happens. Um, You know, if something happens, fine, you're probably not going to force it to happen, but just let it happen through, uh, through natural processes. Just like we were talking about the farmers being able to sit down and just talk things through. And I think that's what I have brought hopefully to this uh, effort a little bit is uh, the ability to work with Sam and a lot of his contacts, uh, both in the United States and in Israel, in the Jewish community and outside the Jewish community that can help make those contacts and, and make those matches and see what happens. Carl Gephardt is the chairman of the OIACI Advisory Board. Carl, thank you very much for taking the time to join us today on Innovative States. Thank you, Sean. Farming. You're listening to Innovative States, Ohio, Israel, and the Impact of Change. I'm your host, Sean Fink. As we continue learning about the Ohio-Israel Agriculture and Cleantech Initiative and its role in forming working partnerships, I'd like to introduce you to another OIACI Advisory Board member, Lisa Schacht of Canal Winchester, Ohio, a suburb of Columbus. Lisa is the owner of Shock Farm and Farm Market, which has employed irrigation techniques that she learned from farmers in Israel. Lisa, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule on the farm to join us here on Innovative States. Why don't we begin by learning a little bit about how you got involved with the Ohio-Israel Agriculture and Clean Tech Initiative and how you first became aware of the opportunities that OIACI offers. Well, thank you for having me, and I appreciate the opportunity to always share about our experiences both on the farm in production and uh, opportunities like we had with the initiative. I became familiar with it when we were given the opportunity to go to Israel and tour production there and uh, learn more about what was already occurring through the initiative and the efforts of both those of us here in Ohio wanting to see agricultural uh, continue to grow and thrive and what the Israelis were trying to do as well. The uh, specialty production we were involved in throughout our career, 40 plus years, required that we protect the crop from any kind of stress so that we might have a premium product for market. And so irrigation, we always knew from the very beginning, was a crucial tool or practice 
to implement. So who made the match first? Uh, Did you find OIACI or did they find you? We're members of Ohio Farm Bureau and they were making plans for a tour. They wanted to get more people throughout the state familiar with Israeli practices and cooperation between our state and that nation. And so when we saw information about the pending trip and the the initiatives, efforts, we then responded to the offer to join the trip. Was there any hesitancy or apprehension on your part due to a language or cultural gap when it came to starting a a cooperative partnership with a uh, group in Israel? Not truly. We already are familiar with the fact that American fresh product is coordinated with both the Canadian community and the Mexican community, as well as uh, ourselves. We're familiar with some producers in Europe and communicated regularly with them. So to add Israel to the mix only made more sense. I'd imagine that there were some challenges involved in working across borders, uh, especially with a country as far away as Israel. What were the parts that were challenging and, and what were some of the easy parts? Probably the easiest part is the fact that we already had a, a network established here through the Negev Foundation and the Ag Initiative that was already working to bring information out of Israel and to make Ohioans aware of that. Probably the the, the more difficult part was if you really wanted to implement it on a small scale and you were too too small to really justify some of the costs, then we, we had to be a little more innovators or adapt it to where we could possibly utilize some of the knowledge, some of the technology, but not all of it and make it fit our situation. What specific areas did Negev Foundation and OIACI help you with? Well, first would be the connections they made through the researchers at Ohio State University to actually get the technology into test settings so that we as producers could go and actually see it in person. Like I said, David and I were able to go to Israel, but any more of that uh, technology as it was being expanded and developed and tailored to production um, that we were doing, we were able then to see how it could fit in or make it fit for us. And then I participated in their advisory committee. So not everybody who was aware of the Negev and aware of the initiative gets some of the contact that I had. I felt that the interactions with those that were actually trying to identify the opportunities that I kind of got an upfront. So you'd say the trip to Israel was especially beneficial to you then? Correct. And there are, because of the technologies we have, just like this podcast that we're producing now, there is an opportunity to possibly get people a front seat in seeing that through the way we're able to communicate nowadays. But seeing it firsthand is really inspirational. Is there any advice you can give to other farmers who may have concerns about working with a foreign country or in an area that, uh, according to the news at least, seems like a dangerous uh, place to get involved in? Boy, that's an interesting question. First of all, wherever you produce food, there are significant, very significant challenges. So anywhere you can grab a hold of assistance, whether it's through knowledge or technology or equipment or manpower, 
it's needed, no matter what it's needed. So necessity is more the issue than trying to dissuade fears or, or um, biases um, or a lack of willingness. So what was it from a business standpoint that made so much sense to you to adopt practices you learned from your Israeli partners? Well, we had always known one of the very earliest pieces of advice um, we learned from an old producer, a, a retiring a senior producer, that if you don't have the ability to keep your plants and your product from stress, you, you won't have the ability to make money. And that water management was going to be probably top priority compared to any of the other things you'd need to manage. Lisa Schacht, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's truly been a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity to, to discuss this with you. It was a pleasure too, Sean. Thank you. Innovative States News. Innovative States News you can use. A look at recent innovations and developments from Israel's world-class universities and Israeli companies in the worlds of food, agriculture, and water. Israel has been resettling Ethiopian Jews within its borders since the 1950s, the most recent airlift having occurred just this past July. But now, Israel is importing an Ethiopian crop, a grain called teff. It's gluten-free, rich in protein, fiber, and minerals, and can grow in drought-prone climates. Despite these benefits, 95% of the world's teff is grown in Ethiopia with little exported. Today, researchers at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem are growing teff as a commercial crop in Israel to provide a gluten-free alternative to traditional grains and to supply the 160,000 members strong Ethiopian community in Israel with one of the traditional staples of their diets. According to the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, massive amounts of food grown and produced never actually reaches the market. The group reports food and crop losses as high as 40 to 50 percent, resulting from inefficient farming methods, improper post-harvest storage and handling, and logistics issues. Dozens of Israeli startups are working on this enormous problem. They're using data mining, deep learning algorithms, and other technology to smooth scheduling glitches, direct produce to its optimal market, sense freshness, and detect and prevent bacteria earlier. Others are focusing on packaging. One Israeli startup, Sufresca, has developed a plant-based coating that is both cost-effective and edible and extends the shelf life of produce by several weeks at room temperature or under refrigeration. The coating is flavorless, odorless, and biodegradable. Scientists at the Technion Israel Institute of Technology, known as the Israeli MIT, have developed a unique water pump powered solely by solar energy. The device, built from simple and inexpensive components, including radiator parts, recycled plastic, and a metal pipe, is unique in that it has no moving parts, but is thermoacoustic. The pump looks like a conical pipe, which is used as an acoustic resonator. The wide end absorbs sunlight and heats the gas in that area. The hot gas expands along the pipe where it cools and contracts. This causes sound waves to act as a piston, generating the pumping action. The developers believe it can be adapted to provide cooling, ventilation, power generation, water purification, and more with no harmful environmental impact. Elsewhere at Technion, students from the school's Faculty of Biotechnology and Food Engineering recently claimed top prizes in the EU-supported Food Solutions Project, part of a program that fosters innovation to create healthy and sustainable food for all. All. This win wraps up a whole year of hard work, said faculty members and mentors Dr. Maya Davidovich Pinchas, Professor Uri Lesmis, and Professor Avi Spiegelman. They added, quote, 
This achievement demonstrates the excellence of students in this facility, not only in the engineering and technological aspects, but also creatively and in their ability to deal with all aspects of the process, from market research, creating a business feasibility study, addressing regulatory and marketing issues, conducting shelf life analysis, planning the commercial manufacturing process, and of course, presenting their product to experts. Amongst the university's winning entrants, the Crack Eat Group won first place in the Food Products Challenge for the Elderly with a soy-based creamy treat with a crisp cookie on top. It's high in protein and fiber, low in saturated fat, and sugar-free. Coming in third, Light Delight, a brownie-like cake bar with a ginger-orange flavor that was praised for its soft, fluffy texture with no added sugar. The foods were created with issues common in elderly adults, such as obesity, diabetes, and the need for heightened and special nutritional requirements in mind. The team's wins are the latest in a string of student victories from the Faculty of Biotechnology and Food Engineering in similar EIT food competitions. In 2018, a Technion team won first place with Algalafel, a spirulina-enriched falafel, and in 2020, the Microbes team won the top spot for its biological solution for preventing fruit juice from spoiling, a phenomenon whose damages are estimated at tens of billions of dollars a year. That's Innovative States, news you can use. Visit OhioIsrael.org for more information about OIACI partnerships, missions to Israel, and more. OhioIsrael.org is your gateway to the latest innovations in ag, clean tech, and food production from leading companies and researchers in Ohio and Israel. With Lake Erie on its northern border, Cleveland, Ohio has an abundance of fresh water. Ensuring that water stays safe, clean, and accessible is a difficult task, and Cleveland companies and researchers have long been at the forefront of water innovation technology. Now, they're forming alliances to share that technology. Our next guest, Brian Stubbs, is executive director and president of the Cleveland Water Alliance. He joined me to discuss his group's work with Israeli companies and researchers that's helping Israeli deserts bloom while helping to craft best practices back home in Ohio as well. Brian, welcome to Innovative States. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Sean. Glad to be here. Why did you get involved with OIACI and where do you feel your involvement fits into your role with the Cleveland Water Alliance? As one's looking to solve problems, you you have to kind of go out of your comfort zone, which is your immediate, you know, network. And, you know, what you realize, you know, around water and water stress, which is, as most folks know, water stress is on the rise, both domestically and internationally. You look at, you know, okay, are we solving these problems here? Can we solve them on our own? And the answer is usually no, you can't do anything completely on your own. So you look for like, who's that best in class? you know, for some of these solutions. And, you know, in in our cases, we're thinking through the Great Lakes and water quality and all that. We've always looked at Israel as being ahead of the curve in terms of water innovation and water technology. They're doing wonderful work there in very arid areas, especially around the uh, ag side. So, you know, the, the program we have here in Ohio with the state of Israel is just, you know, really, really wonderful in terms of bringing innovation in and out, both in and out of Ohio to Israel and in and out of Israel to Ohio. So, you know, it's just, it's a real fun program. And it, again, it's it's getting the best in class here uh, in terms of innovation and technology. It seems almost like strange bedfellows, uh, Israel and Ohio collaborating on water. Are there similarities between the state of Israel and the state of Ohio when it comes to water? You still have 
shared challenges around water management. You know, in our case, sometimes it's it's about having too much water at one given time. And with Israel, it's stretching what water you have and looking at desalination and things like that. But it creates a lot of shared opportunities, especially for us around monitoring. I'll give you an example of a company uh, we just really enjoy watching them grow called IOSite out of Tel Aviv. They came out of more of the utility energy side, but then moved into kind of watershed management. And that's something within the Great Lakes region and here in Ohio that we're really fascinated and interested in is using a lot of IoT type technology for monitoring and management. How do we create those management tools that are data driven? So whether we're managing, how do I move water from A to B so I can irrigate something, we have those same tools we need in order to get rid of water from B into A and do that in a responsible and water quality centric way. Are there untapped areas for cooperation, export, import between Ohio and Israel? Ohio has this really interesting history with water reuse. And it's it's interesting because you don't think of Ohio as being this hotbed for reuse because we have so much water here. We have access to water. But we've been one of those states that were an early adopter, one of the first states that used a water reuse system that was approved for human consumption potable water through a, a company called Tangent. And when we talk about water reuse, Israelis talk a lot about desalination. Desalination is very, very energy intensive. It costs a lot of money to desalinate. We're hoping to engage our partners in Israel a little more on our water reuse systems. It's using new technology, new innovation to clean water through non-traditional methods, a lot of times through energy use, but better energy and lower energy use and what desalination requires. On the flip side, Israel has done a great job with desalination, but we're never going to have need for that here. But certainly California and other places, they, they very much do. So I'm curious, why would the Cleveland Water Alliance want to collaborate with groups in Israel? For us here in Ohio and the Cleveland Water Alliance, it's solving our problems here. And as we solve those through new innovation, new technology, it's about exporting them globally. And it's that same kind of DNA in the Israeli water ecosystem as well. Real pressing problems, they are solving them and then exporting their technologies. And at the end of the day, that's what we're looking for, our our partners that do that. That's why we like working with with the uh, Israeli ecosystem. We've been speaking with Brian Stubbs of Cleveland, Ohio. He's president and executive director of the Cleveland Water Alliance and a member of the OIACI Advisory Board. Brian, thank you very much for taking a few moments to join us. Thank you, it's been a pleasure. Food production, food production, food production. This is the premier edition of Innovative States, Ohio, Israel, and the Impact of Change. I'm your host, Sean Fink, and we're exploring the role of the Ohio Israel Agriculture and Clean Tech Initiative, OIACI, in fostering relationships between companies and organizations in Ohio and Israel. Our final guest for this episode is Dr. Gael Vodovots, a professor of food science and technology at the Food Innovation Center at The Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio. Yael is also the director of the Center for Advanced Functional Food Research and Entrepreneurship at The Ohio State University. She spoke with me recently about new opportunities for food producers and growers in Ohio and Israel to share technology and foster healthy diets across international borders.
Yael, thank you for joining us here on Innovative States. Uh, let's start by finding out a little bit about what it is that you do at The Ohio State University. Sure, I'm happy to do so. Thanks for having me. I'm a food chemist, actually a physical chemist. And so my two main areas of interest are they kind of don't seem related, but I'll explain how they are related at the end. One is uh, studying uh, foods for health or functional foods. And these are foods that many of you see in the marketplace, et cetera, that have potential health benefits of some kind. So we work very closely for my department with various departments on campus, but especially with the medical center and the cancer center, where we formulate these foods that go then eventually into human clinical trials in a variety of disease prevention and just health in general. So that's one thing we do. And then the other is I work a lot on bioplastics and compostable packaging. And the way the two things are related is that what we do in my lab is really treat either foods or the bioplastics, obviously, as materials and how different changes affect them. So in foods, it'd be storage and, say, reformulation. And in packaging, of course, it's changing from traditional plastics to bioplastics. So... That's what we do. I understand your involvement with OIACI began in a special way. Yeah, that was exciting. I actually put a grant to them in the area of a functional foods or foods for health, formulating a, a soy bread with chickpeas, actually. And it was uh, with a collaboration with a colleague in Hebrew University. In and, well, he's in Rehovot, but it's a Hebrew University. And we were funded and we worked on uh, on that project and it was really fun. And actually, it's um, we have that collaboration till today. So it's been very, very fruitful. And so, yeah, so that kind of got my feet wet there. And then from there on, um, as time went by, there was a bit of a shift of, of uh, where they wanted to work more closely and in, in what companies, et cetera. So I became uh, a board member and helping them just look at the different projects and see where they're going. So yeah, that's been really fun. In terms of the work you're doing at Ohio State, working on developing better, safer, and healthier food, looking to develop food with healthy healing properties, do you see areas for growth possible in Israel and the possibility of partnerships between Israel and the Ohio State University or Ohio in general? Oh, absolutely. In the area of functional foods, it's probably the hottest area in the U.S. as far as food technology is concerned in new product development. Um, so many aspects of this. Uh, and if you start seeing on the market, you definitely see these out there, all kinds of ingredients and, and just everything from cognition to, to just disease prevention. And it, Israel is a leader in this area as well. And they have some amazing products. So I, I do definitely see possibility of collaborations and moving things forward in this field. Totally. You know, things shift a little bit here and there when there's priorities of which type of functional foods, like more recently it's cognition and anti-anxiety and all that with COVID <laughs> and which is 
been studied for a while, but it just kind of took a, a higher stance in there. But definitely the two countries have a lot in common in that. You're also a member of the OIACI advisory board. What do you feel uh, schools like yours or companies and industries or even individuals offer that puts Ohio in such a unique position to interact with their Israeli counterparts and and then vice versa? Well, uh, both on the research front and the industry front, on the area of food is tops in Ohio. We have a, a very vibrant food industry here. Uh, lots of headquarters are in in Ohio for various food companies and just a lot of manufacturing, everything from Nestle to Wendy's, just a lot, a lot of food manufacturing here. And from a a university perspective, we definitely, we are the largest university in the country. We have all the top faculty and students and staff here to work on the most exciting fields. And the fact that we have the medical school and the cancer center on campus puts us as one of the top four universities in the country to work in in this area. So this very close collaboration between food science and the medical center and cancer center is really hard to find anywhere else. And Israel has this everywhere. I mean, agriculture and food has been their uh, mainstay. So uh, they have some, you know, amazing innovations, top in the top fields, they're blending pharmaceuticals and foods now for a long time. And they understand everything from how your genomics changes and the personalized medicine part all the way to, to, to creating a functional food. So there's definitely a lot of interchange that can happen. We just have a, a larger base of people here. So it's a, it's a good uh, place to, to try new things as well. So I think that the exchange could definitely be there for sure. Why do you see the work of OIACI as so vital in building partnerships between those of us in Ohio and uh, those in Israel? Well, I think in general, it's a great partnering country um, in Israel just because there's, it's, it, it is so ahead in so many areas. And agriculture was its basis. So this is very important for for the work that um, that we do here. I think that any sort of opportunity that can be taken to just learn more, you just hate to reinvent wheels, right? So the more that we can exchange information, the better. Yell, thank you very much, and OH. I-O. And that brings us to the end of the first edition of Innovative States, Ohio, Israel, and the Impact of Change. I'm Sean Fink, and I hope you've enjoyed learning about the work of OIACI in creating and nurturing partnerships between researchers, food producers, policymakers, farmers, and creative thinkers in Ohio and Israel. For additional information about OIACI and how you too can get involved in developing a partnership through OIACI, please visit our website, ohioisrael.org, or email info at ohioisrael.org. That's ohioisrael.org online, or email info at ohioisrael.org. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us again next month for another edition of Innovative States, Ohio, Israel, and the Impact of Change. Till then, shalom v'lehitraot. Innovative States has been a podcast presentation of the Ohio, Israel, Agriculture, and Clean Tech Initiative, a project of the Negev Foundation, produced by Sean Fink.